This was Nae, and this is Augustina, and you are listening to Growing in Touch. A podcast where we deconstruct processes that we use in our relationship and share them with the world in the hope that this might help you be happier together and realize that you are not alone. Um, what we chose for today's episode is difficult conversations. Um, in the next couple of minutes, we will set the context for the conversation today, uh, why we decided on this topic, how is it relevant for us. We will define what difficult conversations mean to us, and we'll be tackling this topic using four areas of discussion. Um, the structure of our process, a case study, um, and what is the part that these conversations play in our relationship and how how do these conversations help us um, grow together grow in touch together um, so um, we'll be starting by setting the context a little bit because i think this is really really important uh, especially um, at this point um, when the world is in a very uh, weird place. Um, the moment now, <laughs> when when we record this, is a very uh, special one in a way that nobody ever expected. So that's why we kind of decided that we should have this podcast episode uh, focusing on difficult conversations, because during this time, a lot of difficult conversations uh, might happen so we thought you know why not let's let's just do this topic now and uh, maybe it will help other people as well um, that that's an excellent point Augustina I would suggest we start off with an important question how did we get to the point where we are now better able to have difficult conversations than we were Two years ago or maybe three years ago yeah I, I think that's the that's indeed the the context of of the topic uh, we should have a bit of context of the topic um, for me specifically I think um, it was how I got here today and how I understood that difficult conversations need to happen in a certain way or could happen in a certain way so that they're more efficient and uh, they're slightly better, if, if that's possible. Um, it took a lot of work. Um, I don't think they just happened for me. Um, it took, it definitely took uh, therapy and a lot of things that I learned in therapy are things that I still use today whenever I find myself uh, in, in the context of having a difficult conversation. Um, and I think for me specifically, something very important is to set limits. So at the moment I understood that I needed to set limits, that's when uh, I started having better conversations uh, on topics that were kind of difficult to tackle with. Um, how about you? What? 
how how did you get here how did you get to have uh, better difficult conversations definitely a debating background helped me be able to structure thoughts and verbalize them significantly better than maybe if i did not have this debating background but i have to say thank you to you because i believe most of my skill in handling and tackling difficult conversations comes from your immense care with me and from a uh, stealing techniques that you employed i believe you are an amazing teacher for me when it comes to difficult conversations although i could verbalize a lot of thoughts and my rational part was really really going strong i, I think um i definitely did have some issues with talking about the the emotional part i think mm. you opened that up for me and you showed me how to do it so i definitely grew because of you <laughs> thank you um i will take that credit and i will also pay forward some credit to my therapist she she Ooh. was awesome in teaching me those things and so i feel like it's a good thing that we're you know putting that energy and giving it forward <laughs> giving it to other people so now it's even you know it's growing even more <laughs> now that we're doing this podcast and giving it to some other people hopefully to to use Since, right. Um... Since I <clears throat> since I mentioned a uh, debating background and uh, I I am proud of how structured my thinking is, I suggest that we take a, a page from the book of debate and we start off with definitions. And I'm going to ask the question, what is a difficult conversation? I'm going to say from the get-go that I do not have an actual precise answer to this question. I can probably define conversation. I can define difficult. I can give a lot of synonyms. I know that a difficult conversation will be tiring or hard or strenuous. It could be problematic or complicated. It could be um, laborious in its many, many details. But I think most of all, a difficult conversation is non-definable. It you can have so many different types of difficult conversations they can be short or long and they can be about so many topics it's very difficult for me to give a actual definition what i did find is a common denominator a common characteristic of all difficult conversations i've been into i've been part of and i'd like to ask if you would agree all difficult conversations for me they've always had a really big stake a big important decision mm -hmm. was about to happen something was going to change there was a big stake at hand all important mm -hmm. conversations had a big stake yeah i i do agree this is the common denominator of what we consider to be difficult conversations um and that's what we're kind of going to focus on discussing today um because it is so hard to have a a definition that works for everyone um for me it really helps it kind of goes the other way around in the sense that i will identify a difficult conversation based on my body's reaction so uh, if if there is 
uh, if the topic is a difficult topic for me, then there will be physical signs of emotional distress that I will feel. So, for example, I feel like I am avoiding to have the conversations. I, I will feel like I don't really want to have them or that I would do anything to, to just postpone it as much as possible. I will find myself feeling like I have a knot in my stomach. So it's mm -hmm. basically, I try to pay a lot of attention to the way that I feel, that my body feels, because that will tell me if that is a difficult conversation or not. It's not something that happens <clears throat> immediately. It takes time and practice to, to be careful and um, take those cues. But uh, once I started paying more attention, it, it made it easier for me to identify the fact that, okay, this is a difficult topic. This is going to be a difficult conversation. I need to do it. I need to have the conversation. Yeah. Okay, thank but you, Augustina. S seems like both of us agree that difficult conversations are difficult to define. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good point, good point. Mm, yeah, um, so since we, we kind of managed to define it, at least for, for us uh, and what it means for us, um, maybe it will help bring some light upon the topic. Um, if we try to identify a couple of um, you know, types of difficult conversations and maybe give some examples and um, <coughs> see um, if that makes it a bit more clear. Okay, I would, I would like to start with this uh, since I think I've already kind of mentioned one of the examples for me emotional conversations were always difficult conversations at the beginning of our relationship first of all because i wasn't really prepared or did not have the skills the skill set to talk about my feelings and it's easy to talk about happy feelings i would say mm -hmm. there's no shame in talking about happy feelings but it was really, really difficult for me to out rather ignoble feelings, feelings of shame or fear or jealousy. And whenever I wanted to address this, I didn't consciently know that I wanted to, to address it, but probably somewhere inside I felt it, I knew. It was very, very difficult and the conversation turned into a difficult conversation and I'm using air quotes now and I'm, I'm actually a bit <laughs> upset that they can't be seen so yes ignoble feelings at the very beginning of our relationship always made for difficult conversations from my side mm. yeah um, that part of actually for me it's not so much about um, emotions and feelings but mm, i have to convince myself that the, the feelings that i'm feeling are real so once once that is done in my head it's easy for me easier for me to talk about them uh, for me for example um, difficult conversations are the ones about um decisions that i need to make for myself uh things that might make me feel selfish so that's something that i always 
find it hard to talk about whenever I feel like there's there's something that I want to do for myself and that might uh, do something to the other person uh, that's that's something that is difficult for me to bring up and discuss um, also another thing that is kind of uh, difficult and will mostly be a difficult conversation is going to be something that has to do with money a money related issue a money related topic something to do about uh, giving money receiving money splitting something investing in something that's going to be um, a difficult conversation um, they do get better but at first I, I can definitely feel those things I was talking about earlier the knot in my stomach and the the fidgeting and the avoiding um, I, I definitely feel you with the money conversations I don't find it difficult to have money conversations with you from my side I definitely find it difficult to have money conversations with other people so mm. yes I'm I'm working on this as well but in in other places in other contexts yeah I think uh, this is uh, this is not only about having these difficult conversations in a relationship in a romantic relationship I think in any kind of relationship you have with a friend with a co-worker with with anyone I mean of course th this podcast is done by us but um, we hope that this will be useful for people in other relationships that they have and uh, I think difficult conversations spur in various other contexts and various other relationships. Okay I think we've given some examples now let's go into the structure of our pro of our process how do we tackle difficult conversations? I think we can talk about two elements here. A, what sparks them? And B, what are different techniques that we use when tackling difficult conversations? So what do you feel starts a difficult conversation? Or how do you feel a difficult conversation starts? Uh, I feel like um, it is a matter of um, taking it into your hands so of course there are things that um, are shared in a relationship or in a discussion but um, you definitely need to take responsibility for the conversation that is difficult for you because it's because it is about a big stake that stake might be bigger for one of the people involved in the mm -hmm, conversation mm -hmm. so i i really think at least for me it's very important to address it once i feel something so i i try not to postpone it i try to uh, as soon as i feel off as soon as i feel that something is not how i usually feel I will address it because the more I think about it, the more I postpone it, the, the more difficult it gets for me to bring it up. And I feel like every other conversation that I have with the person is tainted by the feeling that I need to speak about that big pink elephant in the room. So the way they 
they start for me is they start with a feeling that I have for myself. Mm. And once I've identified the feeling, I go ahead and I speak about it. I, I try to, I signal it. I am telling you, look, I am feeling in a certain way. We need to, to have a conversation about something because there's something bothering me. And then I go ahead and I say it as soon as I can, as, as soon as possible. I, I understand what you're saying and I would agree some of the difficult conversations are like that. I would say the, the lucky ones are like that. But I, I want to talk about the sneaky ones, the ninja <laughs> conversations. And this, I, I have to admit, these happen to me quite a lot. I don't realize I'm getting myself into a difficult conversation. I don't realize I'm getting myself in a conversation with a big stake that has the potential to stress me out. And I just start talking about it. And then during the conversation, I get signs from my body and my soul and my mind saying, danger, danger, take care, take some time with what you're saying, take some time to look inside to see if this is what really what you mean. And then I realize I might be in the middle of a difficult conversation without knowing, without consenting to it starting. Uh, of course, mm -hmm. this is nobody's fault. Nobody's to blame for this. Uh, you've never tricked me into going into a difficult conversation. And thank you for this. It's just that sometimes difficult conversations sneak up on you. Uh, I really think now maybe it's uh, it's a good time to mention one of the techniques. Um, I think one of the things that we use when this happens is, of course, you need to pay attention to the other person and, and take the cues and try to understand what's going on with the other person too. Um, I, I think what we, we usually use with this is that we give the other person the space to say, look, at this point, I understand this is an issue for you. I understand that this is something that is bothering you. It's important. It has a big stake for you. But at this point, I don't feel ready. I don't feel fully prepared to have the conversation. And then we mainly decide that we will have it at some other point. Uh, what I what I wanted to say with the thing that I, I go out and I talk about it the minute it happens is uh, not to bully the other person into having the conversation, but to get it out and to put it out there so that I don't feel that I'm hiding something from the other person. That's it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's definitely a very good thing to get consent, like for everything in this world, <laughs> basically, uh, even for a conversation ask if the person if the other if the other person is ready to have the conversation if they have the mental resources to do it if they have the willingness to do it or if they need the time and the space to prepare for it so mm -hmm. i think that's that's always a good technique uh, yeah and that's we did the list of uh, of things that might be useful during having a difficult conversation yeah, since we've started with it, let's just go on. But before that, I have to say thank you for being the type of person that totally gives me space and always accepts when I say I cannot have a difficult conversation. Usually it happens to me when I'm tired and it's late mm -hmm. at night, N not very late. Uh, maybe it's 10 o'clock, but 
usually I will shut down during the evening and I feel really, really bad and insecure whenever I have to have a difficult conversation, a conversation with a big stake, and I feel like my brain is not functioning 100%. So mm. thank you. Even though there's a lot of things that you want to talk about really, really precisely in that moment, thank you for giving me the space and uh, having the conversation in the morning with me. I really you're appreciate welcome. it. Although, you know, I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and jump to another one because it, it's, it's kind of... Um, it works in, in at this point where you said that um, you appreciate that I talk to you in the morning. It is kind of complicated for me sometimes because one of the other techniques that I try to use is not to go to sleep, um, keeping this upset. Yeah, being upset or or being you know thinking too much about something. So once I have a difficult conversation, I feel like things have moved on. And if I have to, and I can go to sleep and it, I can kind of relax and feel okay with myself about having this uh, conversation already, having had the conversation already. Um, and it is sometimes a bit complicated to wait until the next day. Um, but again, once you are out with it, even if you just mention it, then it does count as you did not go to to sleep upset or holding something inside. So uh, yeah, that's another one. I am sorry for taking the space uh, a lot now, but uh, yeah, that's, please go ahead and tell me some of your techniques as well. That's completely okay. I'm just going to follow up with one that makes sense after these two. I was wondering, okay, you don't like going to sleep, thinking about the difficult conversation. Sometimes, I must go to sleep mm. in order to recharge what happens there. How do we make it work? And I realized there's a third technique we acknowledge. So we both acknowledge what the other one is feeling. And I think that's really important. I say, hey, I know this is important for you. I can understand that this is stressful. I can't imagine how you're feeling at the moment. You say, hey, I understand that you're very tired for this and it helps so much. Acknowledging is an amazing, amazing tool and technique that you can definitely use. Acknowledge what the other person is feeling. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with what they're feeling. You don't have to say sorry for what they're feeling. You don't have to make amends for what they're feeling, but acknowledge it. If somebody's afraid or tired or angry or stressed, acknowledge it. And I I promise this will work amazingly. It's worked for me, definitely. Just to like be extra sure that people understand, acknowledging can mean just saying, I can see that you're feeling this way or even better what you can do if if you don't understand what's going on is and this is a, a bit of a, another technique just ask uh, questions about what the other person is feeling because sometimes you don't know that you need to acknowledge something so because the other person is not even aware that there's something going on uh, you don't know if the other 
person is feeling upset or sad or angry or even happy and maybe you're not acknowledging that they're happy and you're not so maybe start with asking questions how do you feel what, what are you feeling what are your feelings mm-hmm. right And this helps you identify it. And the only thing that you need to do afterwards, after the person did the job of telling you how they feel, is you say, oh, okay, I understand or I hear that you are feeling this way or mm-hmm. that way. And and this this will usually just do the trick. It's just going to work. Yeah, definitely. And you can also check for understanding. And you can employ a coaching technique here. You can check for understanding by using analogy or differentiation. You can say, hey, I imagine this is what's happening in your head. Is this it or is this different? How is it different? And then this makes it safe for the other person. You've told them this is your imagination. It's not truth that you're projecting onto their world. And then they have a starting point. For me, for example, it's always really useful to have a starting point, especially when my brain is not working 100%. You give me something, you say, I imagine that you're feeling this, this, this because of that. Then I can say, yes, that's correct. Or no, it's not because of that, but rather because of this. So it gives me a starting point, gives me an anchor, makes my job easier, my communication job easier yeah i think everything is based on actually two things coming from a place of curiosity so being Mm -hmm. curious genuinely curious about the other person and about what they are feeling and what they are thinking about and just asking questions and not asking them Uh, in order for them to answer the way you would want to be answered, but rather just to actually find out what is going on and and try to do it. Of course, you will have an idea about, you will think about what the other pe- person wants to say or how, how they feel. But even if you do have that idea, keep your ears open and listen to what the other person has to say And maybe you will find something else and something different and it will make better sense. And then the other thing is only speak about your own feelings. Your own, Mm -hmm. the way you feel. I feel like this. If you say I feel angry rather than to say you annoy me, it makes all the difference in the world. It's, and this is actually a technique that you can practice. It's, just trying to only speak for yourself don't put words in the other person's mouth don't don't assume that people were saying something else just um, focus on what you feel and how you feel and communicate about these things and tell the other person at this point what you said made me feel sad made me feel uneasy made me feel this and that because that is something that no one can hold against you feeling the way you're feeling is something you can't stop but it does give you a better understanding of of the inside world of the other person which is gold if you ask me 
yeah what you just said speaks to me on so many different levels it's a you just described a feedback feedback technique from training that I have employed and I've taught others how to do keep your feedback specific and personal tell people specifically what you're talking about and make sure it's personal starts from the point of I and you addressed it beautifully it's not you annoy me rather I feel annoyed let's say and if you want to be specific about this you can say hey when you if you say when you raised your voice that's already putting truth onto the other person's world so you would say hey five minutes ago I felt like you raised your voice I mm -hmm. heard your voice more raised than in general circumstances and that made me feel uncomfortable maybe this is not the perfect wording but it's definitely better than saying why did you yell at me mm -hmm. that's yeah. even though it's a question it's it's aggressive makes the other person turn to a defensive position and say hey i didn't yell at you why are you yelling at me and then things degenerate into <laughs> into a fight i have to i have to admit i am really grateful that you are a trainer and you are a teacher and i might have taken this technique from you uh, it mm -hmm. really feels like it's a part of me now but it might be because of all the trainings that i watched you do and it's a an amazing technique to use in a relationship, in a romantic relationship with your boss, with your friend, in any kind of context that might degenerate into a into a verbal fight or into a difficult conversation. Yeah, so thank and you. And since that. you've, of course, it was my greatest pleasure. And since you've mentioned being grateful, I think gratitude is an excellent attitude. Mm -hmm to have in a relationship, especially when it comes to difficult conversations. We express gratitude in difficult conversations, the two of us, in two different points. We express gratitude for the other person trusting us to tell us something that's on their mind. And then at the end, and we always do this, I'm, I'm very happy that we do, we say, hey, I'm grateful that we have the sort of relationship that allows for these types of difficult conversations to happen in order for us to further on the human being scale, to become better human beings. Expressing gratitude both for the safe space created and for the relationship you have makes you feel really good, warm inside when you're expressing it and when the person in front of you is hearing you express it. It just puts in more warmth and positivity into the relationship mm -hmm. and makes difficult conversations easier to bear. Yeah, and it does, when you say this, it's very, it, it gets harder to be upset or mad because it's something genuine and it's something positive and it's something, uh, if somebody tells you thank you, it's a bit harder to be 
mean or to respond in a in an aggressive way it's at least mm -hmm. it, it makes your brain switch somehow mm -hmm. and gets your brain into a point that it needs to think a little bit oh okay i wanted to say this mean thing but they just said thank you it, you know it gives you a bit of space to think and to rethink actually so it does help even if just for a second there it, it's it's amazing Great, gratefulness is amazing <laughs> mm -hmm. the final technique i want to bring up into this mm -hmm. conversation uh, i want to bring up the big guns that we use it's a technique stolen from well borrowed stolen taken learned from my therapist um and thank you very much juana for this fact feeling fiction oh yes this is this, this technique is oh my god so useful and i am like it blew my mind the first time you told me about it mm -hmm. on a theoretical level but then we got the chance to actually use it and it was like oh my god it can make so much sense and so it can put so much order in your own head and thoughts it helps you navigate your inside world so much better um yeah it, thank you <laughs> Uh, of course, I'm just going to explain it real quick for everyone else. Fact, yeah. feeling, fiction, quite intuitive. Fact is, check what the facts are of the current situation. You're being paid this much, you're working this much, somebody said this, that, or this. These are the facts. Facts Fact. are easily checkable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, you can ask somebody else and both of you can see the same objective fact. Then feelings second point of this triad how do these facts and the situation as a whole make you feel what are the different emotions different states that rise up inside you all of them list them out fictions the third and final ones are very important they're the stories that you create i woke up my girlfriend and she yelled at me because she was mad. Yelling might be a fact, but because she was mad is definitely a fiction. I don't know if she's mad or not. I need to check for this to become a feeling, a fact, or something else. So fictions are all of the stories that we tell ourselves. And whenever you face a difficult conversation, you know what? Scrap that. Whenever you feel, whenever you face a difficult situation, mm -hmm. go through fact, feeling, fiction to see what are the actual facts and separate them from the stories that you tell yourself. This is honestly an amazing technique. It is on um, just to, something that helped me understand. I think I had the most trouble understanding uh, the fictions, the, the fiction part. Um, mm -hmm. it's also about the, um, the scenarios that you make, the, the things that you imagine might happen, not mm -hmm. necessarily the, yeah. the stories you tell yourself about the past, but also the stories that you tell yourself about the future. So for example, things like uh, if, if I, um, 
I feel that if uh, I do this thing now, uh, it will make my partner be mad. Um, that's something that sometimes can harm us so much because we sometimes have conversations about things based on the things that we project onto the other mm -hmm. person and onto the future. So under the fictions part, it also you can also include the things that you imagine might happen. The, the things, the worlds and the stories that you create for the future as well. Yeah. Good, good point. Great framing and for this idea. Since, since we're on this, I think we can definitely give you an example and a case study about this because we actually just had quite a big complicated difficult conversation um mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks ago this was the context so um we kind of had to have it um and we did use this technique specifically of course there are there are techniques that we use and we don't really know about because they've become part of how we do things but I can definitely, we can definitely say that we use the fact feeling fiction one. Um, just to give a bit of context, um, we are both doing an Erasmus for Young Entrepreneurs program. Well, we've been doing it since November last year. And we are uh, based in two different countries. Uh, I went to Ireland and I went to Germany. Um, and um, we, we needed to have various conversations about various things. But now with the whole pandemic and everything going on, we, we really had to have a, a difficult conversation about whether we should go back home or not. Um, also myself, also you and I, but also should we make this, this decision together? Like, should we decide to both stay or both go? How, how do we do this? And it was quite a, um, a hard decision to make. And so we decided to have this difficult conversation. And we started by mapping it out with this technique, with fact, feelings, fictions. And for mm -hmm. me, it really helped because uh, it helped me identify the different scenarios that we could apply. And, and I, I also managed to identify the, the way that I felt about each of these scenarios. To be precise about it, the actual process that we used for that conversation were, was a four-step process. In step one, mm -hmm. we did fact, feeling, fiction, all of the facts that we had, how much money we're getting from the Erasmus program, what's going to happen to that, uh, what is the risk that we are undertaking at the moment, how much does it cost to go back, how much does it cost to end the program, stop the program, pause the program. That was step one, fact feeling fiction. Step two was create the actual scenarios. There were some scenarios that were plausible and that meant we both stay or we both go um, or I stay you Augustina go or even you stay there 
and I come and continue my program from Ireland. So these were the four scenarios that we created. In step three, we had pros and cons, and we yeah. created a For list. each of the scenarios. Yes, of personalized pros and cons. So that meant pros for both of us, pros just for me, and pros just for you, and obviously cons the same. And then in step four, we got to sleep on it and then decide. And I think we gave ourselves something like four days to decide, make a decision, um, and we reached a decision even faster than that. Yeah. I think by the time we finished the conversation, which I remember was quite draining for both of us because it actually went on for about, I think, four hours or something. Mm -hmm. it, it really was, and we were really thorough because it was such a big decision to make. But by the end of the conversation, at least for me, the decision was, I think, 80% clear. I, I definitely knew out of, so I started off, I entered this conversation with having no clear idea of how many options I had. And then very early into the conversation, the scenarios were were clear. And I knew that already I only have four options, which is which was so much better um, because it meant less decisions to be made. So it felt less uh, heavy somehow. And then by the end of the conversation, I had only two scenarios that were plausible for me and I was already inclining towards one. So going through that process, of course, together with you and listening to your uh, take on things as well, it really helped me and it took a lot of the burden out because I already had so much information on so many levels, rationally and emotionally. So um, that was great. It was a very good and useful conversation. Um, maybe some of the things that um, I think, apart from this fact feeling fiction um, technique that we use, we definitely started off by speaking about our feelings. Um, I did tell you that I have some... Um, um, I have stronger feelings towards some of the options. Um, I felt like um, I might want to uh, be in the same place with you and that might weigh um, heavier than other things. Um, so that was one of the techniques that we used. I was definitely trying to uh, ask you how you feel about things and be curious about uh, whether you would feel comfortable with some of the options or not. Um, mm -hmm. And and I think we actually had a micro difficult conversation in the difficult conversation per se. I, there was a trigger for me or rather an emotional anchor from way back. I really, really wanted to feel like I've completed this program and yeah. pausing it, ending it, or changing the details of the program would have made me lose that sentiment of completion. And it was difficult to out or to verbalize this idea. 
especially since it had no rational perspective whatsoever. It made no sense if I completed it in Ireland or two months later. But it didn't have to make any sense. For me, it felt awkward, bad, shameful, something. Mm-hmm. And look at me again being grateful for the fact that you did ask all of these questions and I'm grateful for the relationship that we have that I had the courage and power and stamina to out these answers. Yeah, I think uh, talking about stamina, um, we knew this was going to be strenuous. So Mm -hmm. we spoke about it a couple of days in advance and we took the time we planned it and we said look we are going to have this conversation we don't know exactly how long it will take but we will not schedule anything else during that day so that we have the space and the time to discuss about it Um, and that's also something really important like i I remember it was a saturday and it was uh, we really basically spent the day speaking about that yes (laughs) yes and i just realized There's one more thing that we haven't talked about and we both like to do quite a lot. And we did in this conversation, we wrote stuff down. Oh, yes. Colored, colored pens. Yes, yes. And then you took the time to also make it, uh, put it into a digital form as well. So that was revisiting it was also something useful. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we can, uh, we can add. Maybe we'll create the graphic for this episode and we'll add the, the notes <laughs> that, that we made. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're made on, on papers that have an owl on them. <laughs> Just yes. to give they're, people a, a visual cue as well. Yeah. They're very cute. For anyone wondering what our decision was, by the end of the whole strenuous po- process, we were both very much okay with continuing the program each to his own in Ireland and Germany. Yeah, we we did decide that the best option at that point was for us to stay there until the end of the program and do our best to finish it. Uh, of course, some things happened afterwards and changed that uh, for me at least. But I still feel like if so, I think I was actually. I felt better about myself having known that I made this decision being so thorough and having this very meaty, juicy conversation uh, when when things changed. Because I didn't second guess my decision at all. I knew that even though the context was different and there was a kind of a pressure from the outside, on, on the inside, I was very much aligned to myself and I knew it very well that my decision was to stay and my decision was made based on everything that needed to be taken into, taken into account. And that was awesome. It was a great feeling because I mm-hmm. didn't feel mad about myself or I didn't feel, uh, I didn't doubt myself. So that was, that was great. It, it helped on so many other levels. Fairness. Yeah. I, I think we might have talked 
quite explicitly about our, uh, our story, about the example, about our difficult conversation, I think we can move on to the final meaty bit of this mm -hmm. podcast. And uh, I'm going to ask, what part do you think these conversations play in our relationship? I'm just going to be... Like, I have a list. <laughs> I've been thinking of giving this such a long thought. I, I think this is one of the things that I'm most grateful about in our relationship. It's the fact that I can talk about things. I can. I don't feel like I need to hide them from you. And, and that's awesome. And that's why I've been thinking about it so much um, that I already have a list. So I'm just going to list them. Um, yeah, please do. The the way it betters our relationship to have uh, difficult conversations in, in the way that we do is it helps me and us build trust. Uh, with, with each and every conversation that we have, I feel like we trust each other more and more. And not only each other, but also our relationship. And we have relatable experience to go to. Uh, we know that we've had difficult conversations and they went well. It was hard for the time when we had the conversation, but afterwards we were good. We were better actually than we were before. So that's amazing yeah. to have that kind of trust in the relationship, in the relationship and in the partner. Um, then, uh, just like I said, it creates a safe spa space that you want to return to. So it doesn't make you want to avoid them so much anymore. It, it, you know that they eventually end up well, even though the feeling you have at first is the one that you're afraid to have the conversation or you, you want to avoid it. Knowing that the conversation can go well, and you only need a very small win, and you have that already. So knowing that you have the space, the safe space to talk about these things makes you don't want to avoid them, uh, which is great. Um, talking about, about avoiding things, um, having these conversations helps us a lot in um, avoiding keeping secrets from each other. We, we basically, we, I think we know everything about each other we know everything about i mean as much as i know about myself there are definitely things that i don't know about myself so those you probably don't know about myself either um about me but um we don't really keep things from each other because we don't fear like those things will uh, affect us negatively and it, it's amazing to have to have a space where we don't we don't need to keep secrets. Um, I just want to point out that just because there are no secrets doesn't mean there's no mystery involved in the relationship. Oh, okay. No, no, that's that's very different. <laughs> it's uh, you you still keep a secret the the presents that you buy eight months in advance. Many for exactly many <laughs> many secrets like these. Yeah, so. And I, I never tell you when I plan on buying you flowers. So it's, 
no, it, it's one thing. The, the secrets that can affect the relationship, like things you hide from the other person because you feel ashamed or afraid mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. We don't have that because we don't need them because we, we trust each other so much. And these conversations help with that. And then the last thing on my list is um, I feel like with each and every conversation like this that we have, I know you a little bit better. And I discover parts of you that uh, I didn't know were there. And that makes you an even better person. And that makes me be even more interested in you. And it makes me be curious about what else is there. And uh, it makes you makes me love you more. And it makes me uh, feel like we still have so much to discover in this relationship and keeps things moving, which is which is awesome. It's what you want from a relationship, right? Well, that makes me feel extraordinary. Thank you very <laughs> much. I have to say I, I agree with all the four things, four elements that you've listed. I'll add one to my list. Difficult conversations make me feel less alone, make me feel like I'm not alone in in life. And of course, I, I have friends and I have my brother and I have my family and I have you. And sometimes, stupidly, I decide to just take things, take burdens upon myself. The difficult conversations that we have reassure me that I don't need to, that I don't need to be alone, that it Mm -hmm. is fine to go completely all in and tell you everything that I believe is a fact, feeling and fiction. I don't need to keep anything just for myself. I don't need to have that burden. And by the gods, this... um, this is an amazing feeling. It, it does feel so much lighter. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's definitely great. Um, I think at this point uh, we we could wrap up. I think we've been talking mm-hmm. so much. Uh, we're we're reaching an hour here, so maybe we can keep it under an hour. Thank you for being here with us for so long. Hope you made it this far. Um, yeah, maybe you'd like to to just list a couple of key takeaways um, for me from this for yourself and maybe for for our listeners as well Um, okay so from this conversation we have i i understand if you're going to remember three things from this podcast i hope it is the fact feeling fiction technique I hope it is tackling difficult conversations from a place of curiosity and I'll be biased now. I hope it is that the more difficult conversations you have, the less alone you will feel. These are three takeaways that I hope you you keep with you. I think um i'm not gonna give a takeaway or maybe i don't know i'm I'm just going to 
encourage you to try at least one of the things that we suggested. Uh, just try it and, and try it more than once. Try it two or three times and see if it works. See if, if you can make it work and maybe tell us about it or not. Just But just do it because um, I know how sometimes you hear about these things and you relate to these things that you hear, but you you don't really get around to doing them. Just pick one of the things. Pick one of the techniques that you feel like it's really easy to do and do it and see if it works. And then maybe come back to this conversation and <laughs> try some more. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And since we we did say that um, we did give you, I gave you sort of a, like a task, a homework, um, which was not intended to be a homework. Um, I think uh, before closing up, I have a question for you and I. Um, okay. Just to to give people an even better insight in, in our world, <laughs> uh, in our world inside our heads. Um, did you ever doubt that conversations are necessary? Did you ever have a moment when you felt like, you know what, fuck it, we don't need this. We, we don't need to talk about things so much. In this, con in this relationship, in the, my relationship with you, no. In my life, yes, definitely. There were moments when I thought it can't be this annoying and difficult. There has to be a different way. It's not fair. You should just wake up in the morning and everything should be fine. It's not supposed to create a four-hour conversation. Yes, there was a moment when I thought conversations were useless and annoying. Not all of them, some of some. them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, do you? I, do I you have a question. Like, do you feel like they had this had to do with the um, with the way they went with with the way the conversations were happening or follow-up question uh, <laughs> I'm curious. I feel like I feel like it was because of my lack of understanding of human processes and because of my immaturity I was not patient mm. thank you very much for sharing that with me and yes please. I have a question for you Yes. yes. So just so you understand, we come up with questions and we don't tell the other person. So they have to answer impromptu. Augustina, my question for you is, what do you think is the next difficult conversation that we're going to have? Uh, although I, I don't think it's, it's a good thing to send out the message that we plan these conversations in advance. To be difficult. Wish uh, for the best, plan for the worst. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I do. Well, I think the next potentially difficult conversation is going to be the one about your return, maybe, because mm -hmm. um, with the whole situation now and you being still in Germany. 
that might be a conversation that we will need to have at some point and it might not be when an easy conversation easy yeah. when do i come back where do i come back to yeah i understand okay i would just like to say that if you remember at the very beginning of our relationship we were on an, on top of a a large rock oh, we yeah. asked each other we asked each other <laughs> what are we going to fight about in the future so we had planned to live the rest of our lives together we were like yep yeah this is happening probably we're gonna have some fights probably we're gonna have some difficult conversations and we asked each other what do you think are gonna be the difficult conversations that we had i think that was a great idea to do i remember i answered um a conversation about uh, family conversation about money and i forgot the end and work yeah family um money and work which now that i think about it is is a pretty cheaty answer everyone's got difficult conversations <laughs> about this about family money and work yeah it's true but it was a bit more specific it, it... yeah sure yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember one of the answers, that's the only one that I remember, uh, was about um, deciding to to be in another country. Uh, because at that point, I was mm -hmm. in a place where I, I had never been to a different country and I had never lived in a different country for a longer period of time. So, and that was still something that I really wanted to experience in my life. And I thought it would, it was important at that point to, to mention this to you. And here we are now after a four months experience in different countries and we made it through. So it was probably yeah. a good idea to, spoke of, to speak about those things in advance. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, and now so that everyone else doesn't feel left out, we yep. have a question for you what is a difficult conversation that you've had that you are really proud of yeah that you feel that you tackled really well that's uh, that's the question we leave you with um please write comments uh send us emails uh by the time this is out this is probably hopefully fingers crossed again going to be our first episode going out um we will probably have many ways in which you can contact us so um don't be shy please send us the the answer to this question and maybe your your feelings about this uh, this podcast as well um that's it well thank you ladies and gentlemen this was growing in touch i'm nae and I am Augustina. And we hope that you stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. And stay home. Stay home for the time being. <laughs> we love you. Bye. See you next time.